September and also happy Halloween while we're at it because it's officially September which means it's officially time for all things Halloween even though I've had Halloween decor in my house since about mid-August and I'm not even gonna lie I do love Halloween and I don't do like the dark demon type stuff um, that's too real but growing up Halloween was never like the devil's holiday we didn't give it that much credit it was just um, a fun time of year to carve pumpkins and paint pumpkins and dress up and get candy so it was never yeah we never did witchcraft <laughs> growing up it was just um, just a fun time of year so I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm ready for the cold weather, as I'm sure every other basic chick listening to this is ready for as well. I wanted to thank everyone who reached out after my last episode, whether you reached out for prayer or just because it was something you're currently walking through or just to encourage Brent and I or just to say, hey, me too. Um, I'm always so overwhelmed after I post episodes that are heavier at the responses um, of some of you guys listening and I do see uh, a lot of responses even if I'm unable to get back to all of them but I did want to say thank you for reaching out and thank you for listening and thank you for your support I wanted to give a shout out to two countries that had the highest streams this uh, this past episode aside from the U.S. of course um, that first place is Japan, so shout out Japan. That second place is, I'm going to butcher this. I even had, I even like pressed the button to have it said back to me, but Brunei, Duracellum, it's a place in Asia. I 100% did not say that right. But if you're listening from either Japan or that other place I just butchered, please, um, reach out to me somehow. I would love to connect with you, even if it's just through social media. I did see that I had two streams in Australia and uh, those two streams I just recently found out, of course, are from Josh Saxon and Caroline Wolf. So I wanted to give them a shout out. I love you guys. Thank you for listening from the land down under. I had no intention of sharing the next story that I'm about to share, but right before I hopped on to record this episode, I saw this post from McDonald's and it was about why their ice cream machine is always down and it reminded me of I wish I could say this was several years ago and like I didn't have a relationship with Jesus but this was like two or three weeks ago um, I was driving through uh, McDonald's and it was a Sunday night so Brent I had called Brent and I, I said hey you know I'm headed home do you want me to pick you up anything and he was like, I could do McDonald's. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want an ice cream cone. So I decided to drive through McDonald's. It was probably like 1030. Sundays are a very long. Let me just go ahead and justify myself. Let me set myself up here for this situation. Sundays are a long day for us. Um, we have youth pretty much all day long. So I was really tired to say the least. But I'm I pull up to the drive-thru and I said hey can I just do um whatever it was that Brent wanted and I said and I'll do 
in a small ice cream cone. And, of course, the guy responds with, our ice cream machine is down. Now, I didn't freak out, okay? I didn't freak out. Um, I was like, oh, okay. I said, do you guys, I said, are you able to, like, still make, like, a McFlurry? Or is that, do you have to use, um, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, you freaking idiot. You just asked for ice cream. He said it was broken. And then you asked for ice cream again. So, yeah, I can kind of... Now I can have some perspective on maybe this guy's frustration. But he responds to me and he says, no, that's still ice cream. Just like that. Okay. And here's the thing. When it comes to customer service, I am so agreeable until someone is extremely rude to me. And then I'm like, (laughs) here's the thing. I am not. I'm not a Karen. Like, in fact, if I'm waiting in line for something and it takes a very long time or if I get up to a register and they apologize and they're like, I'm so sorry, you know, our machines are slow. I did customer service for several years and I always make an effort to look at that person and say, hey, it's not your fault because I want them to know I understand that you have no control over what's happening. I understand that you just barely showed up today with no gas in your tank, just trying to make it to work, trying to make it to the next paycheck, and you would give anything to not be standing here with me right now and that it is not your fault that the machine is being slow. But you also know when you work in customer service that you are obligated to apologize for things that are not your fault. You're obligated to just kind of bite the bullet I'm sorry, sorry for the wait, so sorry the machine is down, I'm so sorry we are out of that, I'm so sorry I can order it for you online, what can I do to fix it? This is just good customer service. So this probably young man, you guys, like God love his heart, I, was he 15, 16, I don't even, probably, but he was rude to me and it made me mad and I wasn't going to say anything, but then I was like... I worked all day. I am exhausted. You just snapped at me. It's on. And let me just say, like, congratulations to those of you who always just are perfect and who never have a moment of weakness. And when someone in customer service is extremely rude to you, um, when you have not been rude to them, um, if you just respond graciously and softly and perfectly, keep it up. But I decided to lean my head out the window and I said, hey, what's your name? And I'm going to use a fake name to not exploit this guy. And he said, "Uh, my name is Sam. And I said, let me ask you something, Sam. You guys, this is freaking, I'm talking about McDonald's. It's like 1030. I am insane. I said, does your ice cream machine ever work? He goes, well, sometimes. And I said, no, not sometimes. Typically not ever. And he goes, yeah, not usually. And I said, yeah, not usually. And then it was just dead silence. And I'm sitting there with my head out the window. And I literally am like, what am I doing? I am crazy. This poor kid is just trying to make a paycheck. And I'm out here acting like a psycho. And so I (laughs) leave my head out the window again. And I just said, I'm sorry, I'm really tired. And I went to drive off and I like drove over the curb that separates the lanes. And I'm pretty sure I damaged something in my car. And that is what you get, guys, when you act like 
a jerk, even if somebody was a jerk to you first. So anyway, I wasn't going to share that story, but then I saw this post from McDonald's and it was about why their ice cream machine is always down because apparently it has to go through a four-hour cleaning process in the evening. And the owners of the franchise were quoted saying that they're really tired of being the butt of the joke. And I get that. It's no fun to be the butt of the joke, but fix the machine. Fix the ice cream machine. And you will no longer be the butt of the joke. It's that simple. Anyway, it sounds like to me that I need something else to be passionate about. I need to get a bigger cause than that. So let's move on to today's episode. And I titled today's episode, To Be Honest, Insecurity Kills More Dreams Than Failure. And I chose this title because insecurity is so debilitating. Um, It will hold you back from ever pursuing your dreams, from ever writing that book, ever starting that podcast, starting that business, starting that YouTube channel, and it will keep you stuck in a realm of excuses that can be summed up into insecurity. But you can't solve what you don't see, and the root of insecurity can often be hidden in places of your heart that you don't see and you can't address what you haven't identified. Honestly, it's one of Satan's strategies to keep us unaware of the things that we're facing so that we just stay in the dark. We just stay stuck where we are and we stay stuck in our insecurity. But your success depends upon your self-awareness. I want to talk about something called Jahari's Window and maybe you've heard of it. I hadn't heard of it until I started doing some research and it's very interesting and basically it's a window that breaks a person into four different selves so the first self is the open self the open self is information about you that both you and others know this is the open self information about you that both you and others know Then there is the blind self. This one is kind of scary because the blind self is information about you that you don't know, but others do know. And if you're listening right now and you think that there's nothing that anyone could tell you about yourself that you don't know, maybe you should keep listening. But the blind self is information about you that you don't know, but others do know. The hidden self is information about you that you know, but others don't know. This is the hidden self, information about you that you know, but others don't know. And the last one is the unknown self. This is information about you that neither you or others know. And most of the time, insecurity is hidden in the blind self and the unknown self. The root of insecurity lives in the unknown self, but the fruit of insecurity often comes out in the open self that everyone can see and the unknown self. So insecurity can come out in the form of hypersensitivity, anger, jealousy, aggression, clinginess. People may not know that you're really not angry. You're just insecure. You're really not jealous you're just insecure. You're really not territorial. You're just insecure. So how 
do we fix what we can't identify? How do we fix what we're unaware of? This takes us into the second window of Jahari's window. I really hope I'm saying that right because I'm going to be saying it a lot. So if I'm saying it wrong, this is just going to be out there for the world. But that takes us into the second window, which is the blind self. Remember, this is information about you that you don't know, but others do know. There are two things I think will help you identify and what I have found to help me identify insecurities in my life. The first thing is people around you. Now, the problem with this one is some people are so afraid of their insecurities and afraid of who they actually are that they don't even want to ask anyone what those insecurities may be because then they would have to face them. One thing I love about Brent and one thing that I don't always love about Brent is that he is not afraid to help me grow and become better at the expense of my feelings. I've never asked Brent, hey, what what can I work on? How can I be a better wife? How can I be a better leader? I've never asked him that question and him being like, oh, nothing. Are you kidding me? You're perfect. Like that's never happened. I think it's so important, especially if you're married, to be able to ask your spouse that question because typically nobody knows you better than your spouse. And maybe that's not your situation, but I think that that's pretty typical is that nobody knows you better than the one that you share a home with, the one that you share a bed with, the one that you share a life with. They see all sides of you most of the time. But it's important to be able to ask your spouse, hey, what areas do you think that I'm insecure in? What areas do I come across as insecure in to you? And then being able to have an open and honest conversation with you. Hopefully there is freedom of speech in your marriage because if you ask your spouse that question and they don't respond at all, uh, they might just be so afraid of you that they don't care if you wreck your life and wreck your relationships. They just don't want to deal with the aftermath. And this is not a marriage podcast, um, but marriage counseling is really good. Maybe you're not married, so maybe for you it's asking somebody who's close to you like a mentor, someone who you know has your best interests in mind, or a best friend or a sibling or a parent Somebody who you know can be honest with you with your best interest at heart. They want to see you healthy, living out your calling, living out your purpose, doing exactly what you feel like you were created to do without being hindered and weighed down by constant insecurity. The other thing that I think is really helpful and has been helpful for me, and this is Um, I know I have a lot of different listeners with different beliefs, but um, this is for the people who have a relationship with God and who believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Just being able to pray and ask God to show you those areas, reveal those areas to you that are hard to see, that are hard to look at, and ask God to help you identify some of the roots of insecurities that are in your heart and that are in your life. Are you ever going to end up in a place where you just feel completely perfect? Like you don't have a single thing on any given day to be insecure about whatsoever? Probably not. But there is a difference between 
having insecurities, working through insecurities, and allowing insecurities to drive your life. That's why I say insecurities kill more dreams than failure, because some people will never even attempt their dream because they're afraid or because they're insecure. And I think for some of you listening right now, you need to hear that you just need to start. You just need to start the podcast, start writing the book, start the YouTube channel, start the business, whatever it is that you've dreamed about doing, but maybe have let insecurity hold you back. Because honestly, confidence comes through repetition. So you do these things, you, you know, you ask somebody close to you in your life, help me identify areas that I'm insecure in. You start working on those, you pray, you ask God to help you identify those areas. And then you just start, you just do it. Confidence will come through repetition. I remember hearing somebody say one time, they said, don't be that person who posts the messages that you've preached on Instagram or on YouTube. Don't be that person. And this person was a leader. And at the time, I remember thinking like, dang, okay, I guess they're right. But then I was like, if you prepare a message, if you put something together that you feel like was given to you by God for people, then why would you not want to get that out to people? And I think so many times, especially in the Christian world, we become so consumed with being afraid to make things about ourselves that we actually make them about ourselves. I don't want to make this post or I don't want to put this message out there because in this sentence right here, I don't want people to think that I think that it's all about me. Okay, well, how many times did I just say, I, me, me, myself, and I, I mean, that is not the mindset of humility. That is the mindset of fear. That's just like saying, don't be that person who makes a worship album and puts it out there for everyone to listen to. Don't be that person. Now, are there people who are just starving for people to constantly affirm them? And constantly compliment them and constantly tell them that they're doing a good job and that's the reason why they put content out there on the internet. Yeah, for sure. It's not healthy for that person's soul um, and it's not a healthy way to live. But if you know deep down why you're doing what you're doing, if you know deep down where your heart is at, then don't make it about you by being afraid that everyone is going to think that you're making it about you. You can create something and it not work out or not turn out the way that you thought it would and go back to the drawing board, start over and create something new. You can start with an awful idea that leads you to a better idea and it eventually come together the way that you originally dreamed it would be. But if insecurity has a hold on your dream, then that's all it will ever be is just a dream. And so I really do feel like maybe some of you guys just need to hear today that you just need to start. You need to start with something, start somewhere. 
if you want to start writing a book, maybe you need to just start writing one chapter. Start writing one thing that you know that you want to write about. If you want to start a business, figure out what is step one of this business. Not what is the end goal here, but what is step one? What is the very first thing that I need to do to inch my way towards this dream? For a lot of people, motivation comes when you start, not before you begin. But that's all I have for today's episode. And I hope it was helpful. But what? I hope it was helpful to you. Even if the entire episode wasn't helpful, I hope that there was at least a small part or something that you were able to take away from today's episode. And I'm really excited about my next episode and the guests that I'm going to have on. So stay tuned for episode nine. Thanks for listening today. And if you'd like to be notified when a new episode is released, you can subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Instagram at Celeste underscore Ely.